For Pacifica Radio, I'm Eileen Alfandari. President Biden and his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin are in the midst of hours of face-to-face talks at a lakeside Geneva mansion. The highly anticipated summit comes at a low point in relations between the two nations. Their Swiss host seemed to remind the two that peace between the world's largest nuclear weapons powers has global implications. I would like to welcome you to Geneva, the city of peace. It is an honor and a pleasure for Switzerland to host you here for this summit and in accordance with its tradition of good officers, promote dialogue and mutual understanding. I wish you both presidents a fruitful dialogue in the interest of your two countries and the world. Biden and Putin are first holding a meeting joined only by Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Each side has a translator. The meeting will then expand to include five senior aides on each side. After their meeting concludes, Putin is scheduled to hold a solo news conference with Biden following suit. Israel carried out a series of airstrikes in the Gaza Strip. They were the first such attack since a shaky ceasefire ended a war with Hamas last month. No reported Palestinian casualties in today's attack. The Israeli strikes followed Gaza-based Palestinians launching incendiary balloons that caused at least 10 fires in southern Israel. Palestinians launched the balloons after hundreds of right-wing Israeli ultranationalists staged a provocative march through occupied East Jerusalem, some of them chanting, Death to Arabs. Israeli police attacked Palestinian counter-protesters with rubber-coated steel bullets and made arrests. The march posed a test for Israel's fragile new government, as well as the tenuous truce that ended last month's 11-day war between Israel and Hamas. Mansour Abbas, whose Ram Party is the first Arab faction to join an Israeli governing coalition, said the march was an attempt to set the region on fire for political aims with the intention of undermining the new government. Democratic leaders are laying the groundwork for a go-it-alone approach on President Biden's infrastructure plan, even as the White House continues negotiating with Republicans on a scaled-back $1 trillion proposal. A top White House advisor assured House Democrats during a closed-door session that there would be a fresh assessment by next week on where the talks stand with Republicans. But Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced he's moving ahead. He's set to huddle privately with the Senate Budget Committee, led by Bernie Sanders, to prepare for July votes on passing the $1.7 trillion American Jobs Plan and the $1.8 trillion American Families Plan. They'll discuss using the reconciliation process, which would allow Senate passage by a simple majority. Two Senate Democrats warned yesterday they will not agree to a plan that leaves out climate infrastructure. Christina Honestead reports. Republicans say climate action and human services are not infrastructure. But some Democrats are signaling opposition to any infrastructure package that doesn't address climate change, like Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. This is as clear as day. No climate, no deal. We need to move forward with 50 Democratic votes now that the Republicans have shown us they are not serious about creating clean energy jobs, jump-starting a clean energy revolution. 
Markey isn't alone. He's joining a growing chorus of Democrats who want to see investments and strategies to fight climate change. For electric vehicle charging stations, money to bolster communities' response to harsh weather conditions, and funds for public transit. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's taking steps to bypass the need for Republican votes as soon as July. I'm Christina Onestead. California residents may be asked to reduce electricity use this week to avert rolling blackouts amid a heat wave that threatens to strain the state's power grid. The California Independent System operator says it should have enough electricity to meet demand and avoid power outages. But it says if wildfires that burn transmission lines break out or there are other unexpected problems, grid managers could call the first so-called flex alert of the year asking for voluntary cuts in electricity use. Triple-digit temperatures are expected across California and much of the West this week. The U.S. Senate has passed a bill that would make June 19th, Juneteenth a federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery. Juneteenth commemorates when the last enslaved African Americans learned they were free. Union soldiers brought them the news in Texas two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth is a paid holiday for state workers in Texas, New York, Virginia, and Washington. I'm Eileen Alfandary for Pacifica Radio.